everybody. Welcome back to the Used Gamers. Uh, as you might have noticed, it's been a little while. So uh, uh, lots of stuff has been, you know, just going on. So uh, we're going to start off this episode by kind of doing a little bit of catch-up. Of course, uh, with me as always are Chris and Jared. Hello. Hey, guys. So um, we're going to start off just by kind of uh, catching guys up all on what we've been doing. Obviously, it's been a little bit of a while since we've chatted. Um, so we're going to try to bring everybody up to speed on what's been going on with us. So, uh, Chris, why don't you get us started? Chris, with, oh, that's me. Um, yes, that's you. Playing games, I guess, like always. <laughs> Not as many as um, as I feel like I normally play. Um, I was kind of looking at some notes I had written down about stuff I've been playing since the beginning of the year, which was kind of the last time we checked in with each other. Um, I finally went back and beat Arkham Origins, which I had forgotten that was a game I hadn't quite finished. That's a really good game. Like mm-hmm. I know, I still have um, Arkham Knight sitting on my hard drive, and I I think pretty soon the the first two Arkham games are coming out for the current systems as like a remastered thing. But um, well, then they got the VR coming out. Oh, too. that's right, Batman VR. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I think back to sort of the, a lot of the hate that that game got, and I don't. I, I mean, I guess just because it wasn't the same studio, you would never know by playing that game. Like it is exactly like the other games, and. Has some really really cool fights, so I'm I'm glad I went back to that. That was that was well worth it. So I'll I'll get to Arkham Knight eventually. Um, I played the Division from start to finish, which was something we never talked about, and I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. It was fun for the time that I spent with it, but I traded it in, and I haven't traded in a game in a long time. I just didn't feel like it had any kind of long staying power. Mike and I played uh, once or twice together, I think, right? Didn't yeah, we? yeah, I really felt like a lot of people when they played it were disappointed cuz they felt this is just Destiny again, you know, and people weren't really looking for more Destiny. Yeah, yeah, very similar in a lot of ways and but somehow without the staying power and wasn't as good for a lot of different reasons. So, well, I feel if like it that game come is out before Destiny, I wonder if it would have done yeah, better. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't think you can like you can't help but make some of those comparisons in a in a world after that game has existed, especially a, a better version of it after Taken King, um, you know, to see the what seems like flaws in another game that tries to do some of the same things. So that that came and went and ended up uh, trading that in. So I had the ability to pick up Dark Souls 3, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, it's been a lot of Souls stuff, and I'll get into that later. So it's been Souls, Souls, Souls for me. Lots of, lots of Souls stuff. Um, so Jared, what have you been up to? Uh, yeah, you know, I've, uh, kind of been in the same boat. I feel like I've been playing a little bit less than normal, uh, which is weird, but I have been playing some stuff. Um, I finally got my hands on the Final Fantasy X remaster. I've been spending a little time with that, um, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it it made me kind of think about the fact that, you know, I think most people would agree that that franchise has really lost its its way, and, and a lot of people are excited about what's coming up, but what's funny as I was playing it is I realized how just, like, painfully corny it was and how that how well that worked for them and uh, uh, almost in getting away from that might be some of the maybe that's some of the problems we're having i don't know i don't know anyway digression um i also played through gone home and like chris i cannot gush about that experience enough nor can i i did nor can i really talk about it that much because it's a (laughs) story-driven game um the one thing i'll say that i think is the only thing you didn't mention is that as much as uh playing the uncharted games feels like playing a game at some and you're watching a movie like it's the closest experience to that this to me made me think of the closest experience of playing a game and reading a book hmm. which which is kind of interesting and I, and I think I, that can't make any sense unless you play it but um, I recommend it to anyone it was fin- and it was free on PlayStation Network so awesome um, 
But I, uh, like Chris, um, I would totally have paid for that experience. That was really great. I'm looking forward to what they're doing next, except that it's a Xbox exclusive, yeah, at least for a while. So Sorry it'll probably come out eventually. And then um, I also uh, just replayed The Last of Us again. Oh, on the new systems? I did. I played the new version. I played the DLC. Real pretty, um, isn't it? And, yeah. Oh, God. That game's so good. I'm gonna have to play that game like every few years, just over and over again. I feel like like it's, I, I just I can't gush about that game enough. So I I spent a lot of time recently playing that and uh, and and really enjoying it again in a really different way though, where I I knew everything that was coming and so I was dreading most of the game even before these terrible things are happening and uh, you know <laughs> it was really great and I really enjoyed it. So and then also I played Uncharted Four, which is what I'll be reviewing a little bit later myself. So how about Mike? Nice. What are you doing? Um, yeah, I've been, I've been getting to a little bit here and there. I did do, uh, another playthrough on, uh, Fallout 4, where, uh, I did an all-melee character, which there's not a whole lot more fun than just wading into a group of raiders with a big old sledgehammer and taking <laughs> them all out, so, um, just being this big, huge powerhouse. That was kind of fun. Um, I also did another playthrough on, uh, Inquisition, Dragon Age, so, uh, you know, obviously I always have fun doing that. Which, which one is that? Uh, that was where I did the Rogue. Like which so, playthrough? Oh, what uh, number? Third. Yeah, that's my third. Only third. three. All right, so we got four or five more to go. It's, it's really I, long. I did notice so you had some uh, some trophies pop up on that recently. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe a couple. <laughs> um, let's see. You know, I did try out the division a little bit, uh, but I never really got hugely into it. Um, I also have started playing the uh, Fallout Shelter app again because they came out with a new update where uh, you can send your vault dwellers out on quests, which um, when I first started playing the game, it was fun, but I got bored with it pretty quickly. But I do have to say the quests are actually a lot of fun and have really kept me kind of into it. Um, It's also interesting because when you're out exploring the uh, wasteland, you can also run into places that your guys can go into and explore that are like mini quests. So uh, that's been a lot of fun just for when I have just a few minutes to kind of kill and I can jump on a, a mobile device. Um, but of course the big thing that I've been doing a lot of, which I'll talk about in a little bit, is Overwatch. So I'm looking forward to doing a review on that in just a little bit. But uh, first off, um, you know, we're going to start off uh, doing our reviews now. So Jared actually got a hold of Uncharted 4, so he's going to do a review of that, which I'm excited to hear about. Yeah, Un- Uncharted 4, the ominously named A Thief's End, right? What is... Oh, God, no spoilers. What does that mean? That was, like, killing me when I first got my hands on the game. And, um, you know, they were they were very clear when they made the game that they were done with the Nathan Drake story, and they didn't say mm-hmm. what that meant... They just said that they were done with it, and and having played the game, um, you know, it, there's question marks as to they they definitely left the franchise open to continue, um, but potentially in a different way. So, which is very exciting because, uh, quite frankly, they knocked it out of the park again. So I wouldn't be unhappy to see more Uncharted. Uncharted Four was definitely among the best of the Uncharted games. Which, if you've played them, you know what that means, what high praise that is. Uh, I really would put it on par with 2, uh, which was my favorite up to this point. Yeah, and, I think and most people feel that 2 was the best. Yeah. So that's a yeah, pretty, pretty big deal if they're saying that matches up. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I'll have to have some more time to sit on it. You know, usually you need some time away from a game before you can really know how much you love it. But uh, th- there's a lot that, that was just right about this game and, and uh, 
and, and very little that was wrong. Um, uh, so first off, one of the things that was interesting was that um, they and they, they were clear about this in the in the trailers and things. So I don't feel like this is a spoiler. It comes out right away, but you find out that um, Drake has a brother, and uh, their storyline explains why your brother is not around and why he becomes available again, why he's around again, and which kind of sets you off on your adventure. Now, um, probably the most interesting thing about this is that, as, as most of you probably know, Nolan North, very famous voice actor, has voiced Nathan Drake as, along with a slew of characters for a long time. Well, he got the chance to work directly with someone he'd only worked alongside of before, which is his brother Sam is voiced by Troy Baker. Oh, the guy so, who does the other 50% of the voices in the industry. That's right. So the way they play off each other, the voice acting, just know that not only are those two powerhouses, but it's as good as you would expect from that. And obviously everyone else is great too, but the, the main plot of the story really involves the two of them kind of going off on their own adventure. And there's certainly a lot of other characters, and they're certainly all very well voiced, once again, as they always have been. But um, that's just to kind of to give you an idea how spectacular the voice acting is, yeah. Because I remember when I played uh, Last of Us, and the both of them were in it, and even thinking, like, oh, God, how great would it be if they were really in it, like, together? Because yeah. the, their characters never interacted in, in that game. Um, in Last of Us. So, so that was pretty fantastic, all of the voice acting. Um, this was probably also the most beautiful game I've ever seen. Uh, not only because everything was crafted so beautifully, but they give you these great opportunities to actually see the landscapes that you look at. You know, I, I, sometimes I almost feel like, I don't know, a tiny bit of guilt, like with how much time people put into games and the landscapes and you just, you know, you just run by it half mm-hmm. the time because you're busy. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, action time but there's a lot of puzzle time and slow moving time or time when you can decide to do what you want in this game kind of explore right and i found myself spending the largest amount of time i had ever just stopping and looking around and i think i mentioned that to you guys previously bloodborne had had that for me Mm -hmm. and um for maybe different reasons but um yeah i would just stop sometimes like this this game was just absolutely gorgeous uh, also the way this game played was much like the other ones you know like I said you, you spend time platforming spend time exploring it is a first person shooter in large part uh, but it had this weird um, I want to call it co-op element but it really wasn't your brother's character was a very uh, well built AI so if you were in fights you know he genuinely would shoot at the enemies and help you um, and they could flank and things like that. So uh, it felt a lot like playing a co-op game while playing by myself on the couch, hmm. which was kind of interesting. And then the only real thing they introduced that was that new um, was a grappling hook. You and your brother both had grappling hooks, and it allowed you to find a lot of new ways to traverse the environments there were certain spots you could attach your grappling hooks to to uh, get across gaps or to climb things and things like that. So there'd often been ropes just kind of hanging out everywhere, and now you had your grappling hook instead. Um, uh, you 
made impossible jumps and catches constantly. These were, without a doubt, these people would have been the most fit athletes in the history of time. Um, I mean, like, world-class rock climbers, because uh, they're, like, literally flinging across a grappling hook and then just hitting a wall and just catching it. Uh, like, Spider-Man would be proud. It's that good. Um, so, but, you know, you don't really want it to be that believable, right? Like, that's not, the fun isn't in the reality of this right. game. Well, they also talk about in reality, you know, Nathan Drake is a mass murderer, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's kind of, he's like kind a, of a terrible guy in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, I mean, all the people... Yeah, I know. All the people he kills, though, are equally as bad. Does that make it a little better? Maybe well, not. It's, it, the, the good or bad, I don't think, really comes into it. It's how many people he just kills. Just body count. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Thousands. Just body count kind of makes you question his morals, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Um, but, you know... Don't worry about that. That's okay. It's a game. <laughs> it's a game, yeah. Um, so it was just absolutely fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic game. Um, yeah, there's nothing... I just gush. There's nothing to say about it. The only negative thing I have to say, and this is this is kind of a, 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 a problem I've seen in a lot of games, where they, they want to have in this kind of really story-driven game, this really action-oriented finale and that's fine but occasionally they do it by giving you a challenge that in large part is challenging because it has nothing to do with the skill set that you've been building the whole game Mm. so basically the end boss fight of this game is bad is it a hundred guys no okay good it's not that's, that's always what i've liked least about these games is when they just send waves of people after you over and over and over again well, that happens a bit anyway, but yeah. that's just the game has to build up that way. But no, it's just it's just it's not. There's like just a mechanic to it. That there's never that that been in any that's correct. It's and it, it was never in the game earlier at all. There's something like this is your last battle and do this stuff, and you're like, well, I don't understand why this is suddenly a part of the game. Like it's only challenging because it's I'm having to figure it out right now. It's yeah, and it's not it really like fun. The, uh, the asteroid shooting part in the first Dead Space game. Uh, I hated it. It was absolutely yeah, completely different from anything else in the entire game and everybody that you talk to like they all talk about like oh I love Dead Space but I hate the asteroid. Scene. Yeah, like, everybody hates it cuz it's just so takes you so out of the feel of the game. Yeah, so it it did that at the end but even even uh, I mean, you know, putting that one thing aside this game was near perfect aside from that like everything everything about this game was really 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 great um the story is even quite compelling the characters are continue to be flawed and really great with besides being murders are flawed in really great believable ways they're good in believable ways you know they're very human um i really enjoy it and one thing that was really funny that they did was early in the game um the, uh, Nathan's now wife at this point, Elena, challenges him to try and beat her high score on their video game to Who Does the Dishes? And it's um, it's an old school PlayStation game. And uh, oh god, I want to say oh, they play, uh, Crash Bandicoot, wrong. right? Crash Bandicoot. Thank you, because I was going to say Banjo Kazooie. That's wrong. And you play that at the beginning of the game, and uh, and actually they have you play it again right at the end. And the funny part is, I you'd pack, practiced your skills in platforming so much oh i did way better at the end of the game <laughs> and it was funny but that game was was real fun back in the day banjo kazooie so it's just the one quick level but uh it was just a funny little thing they put in so um and then they continued to have the most 
bizarre trophies, really weird stuff. There's one I got where you, you literally, and this was just random. If you walk up to a specific guy and you talk to him because you want to play with his monkey, maybe it's a lemur, I forget, then you have to go to talk to another person and buy an apple from them and then walk off and the monkey will steal your apple. That's an achievement. And that's How an achievement. did you run into this? <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just randomness. And there that's are a lot. That's some, like, so, Arts adventure game stuff right there. Yeah, and so, man, they're so stingy and weird with their achievements. I do not understand. You know, I got all the way through Last of Us. I have, like, like 20%. every nook and cranny. I have, like, <laughs> 9%. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, I don't know. Naughty Dog, don't be so stingy. Give me some, you know, come on. Make me feel good. I worked real hard and played your game. Yeah, but, but they want you to play it over and over. Yeah, and but over. I'm probably going to do that anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> but it was fantastic. I really, really liked it. Great game. All right, sweet. I mean, that's that's really great because I look forward to playing it, and I was I was hoping that they would you know end on a high note. So that's good to hear that it's it's even on par with two. It was yeah. it's amazing. And I have a question though. I I was thinking about this um of back to that um that I think it was a 2015 E3 demo where they kind of played through that um you know, truck crashing, tank chase thing through the town, and it's really cool and oh, really yeah. chaotic and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I know that's playable. So with that kind of thing, where there's some openness to it, like, how, were there sections, like, because I can see that that could go one of two ways. Like, it could go in a direction of, like, well, you have these options, but it'll kind of, it'll bump you into places where you're on rails enough that it keeps you in the action or it could just be like a failing over and over and over and over again and become really frustrating like how does stuff like that play out yeah they they have a few moments like that you know they have their really cinematic moments but they also have some more pulled back moments like that too that are um and and those moments really play where uh i mean yes you can go wherever you want in that moment technically but to be honest there's an a fairly obvious path and you need to take it. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a few different ways you can go with that. And the driving mechanics are good enough that you can basically get the car in large part where you want. So, um, I, I, I failed that part a couple times because you do basically need to go the way they want, but the way they want is not that hard. And, and they did a good job of, like you need to do in games building where you go oh i need to go there next even yeah, though yeah. it doesn't it doesn't jump out at you like it make it looks like a real living environment but it is pretty obvious so um they did those moments really well too but it's not you're not technically on a rail but if you go you know that there that tank has a mounted gun on it like you can't take your time you know like you will die so you need to go quickly and the quickest path is is usually fairly straight and but they encourage you to off road clearly as you saw in the demo and that does work in the game at that point too so um, those moments are built well to, to to show you where you need to go without being too obvious but, so that it feels really cool still mm-hmm. that it feels organic but you definitely you can't go that far off the track that they are hoping you go on or you're you know you're gonna get shot to death yeah yeah Uncharted so. has always been good about kind mm-hmm. of sending you on a path but still making it look very cinematic and everything not so like you know like video gamey Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they continue that very strongly in this one, no doubt. Uh-huh. Awesome. Looking mm-hmm. forward to trying it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so now on to a, a little bit of a different game that I got a hold of, which is Overwatch. Um, uh, I was obviously very skeptical when I heard that Blizzard was coming out with a competitive shooter because it's very different from what they're used to. But it is Blizzard. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They manufacture so, um, crack. 
So right. that's what they yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, they make great games. I mean, they have yet to make something that I didn't just get addicted to. So <laughs> I was willing to give it a shot. So when the beta came out, I tried it, and I loved it. It was really just amazing. And, you know, even though I wasn't sure if I'd have enough time to play it, I went ahead and pre-ordered it anyway because also I had a ton of friends that were pre-ordering it, and this game is definitely a lot more enjoyable um, playing with people, I, I will say, you know, just like a lot of multiplayer games can be. So um, <clears throat> there is a storyline to Overwatch, but I'm not going to bother talking about it because, quite frankly, it really doesn't matter at all. <laughs> um, it doesn't really come into play at all in the game. If you are interested in the story, they actually did release a bunch of little mini cinematics and, and things uh, you can find on YouTube or whatever, so you can watch those to get an idea of the state of things. Um, there also are little dialogue between certain characters when you're starting a match that kind of give you a hint as to like some backstory, but like I said, it really does not matter. Mm. Um, the main uh, thing of the game is it's a six versus six battle. Um, it's very, very team-based. It, it absolutely requires you to play as a team. It's very hard to play solo. There are certain characters that are kind of made to go off on their own, but they're still working towards the team objective. Um, there are quite a few characters and quite a few maps um, and uh, different objectives to do. So the basic ones are kind of there's there's capturing points, there's moving, uh, escorting payloads, and then there's capturing and holding points. So uh, you can be on the attacking or the defending side of this. So, you know, whichever side you're on, that's your goal is either stop the team or be successful in doing whatever it is you need to do. So... <clears throat> For when you're picking your you pick your characters to start off the match, um, there are four different types that you can choose from. So there's the um, offensive players. These guys are built to kind of move around the map fairly quickly. They all have some kind of movement ability, um, whether it be a faster running or some type of teleportation or something like that to allow them to move around the map. Um, they're usually really good at dishing out damage as well. So these guys are, are built to just kind of be attacking. Um, there are your defensive players. Their name kind of gives it away. You know, they're meant for kind of holding points and stuff like that. Um, and there are different kinds of characters in each of these groups. It's it's they they have them in these four groups, but they all play very very differently. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting. And all the characters are very unique, have very unique abilities, um, and they're all to some extent pretty fun. Some are definitely more difficult than others. They're ranked in stars, so one star character is like for beginners. Um, <laughs> which like there's a character they start you off with for training, which is Soldier Seventy Six. Everybody refers to him as Call of Duty because he's basically a guy with an assault rifle. <laughs> so he plays very similarly to any of your third or first person shooters. Um, so then the third group you can play as are the tanks. So obviously, just like a lot of other you know games, tanks are there to to kind of uh, absorb damage and to hold hold places um, and <clears throat> last off there's the supports which just like in other games supports provide shields and healing and, and different kinds of abilities like that um, so like I said all these characters they all have really cool interesting abilities and on top of that they all have an ultimate ability um, this is some kind of big huge possible game match changing ability that can be offensive, supportive, defensive, um, you know, just depending on the character. Some play well with others, while some work fine on their own. Um, some deal with just singular areas, while others can actually affect the entire map. Um, it really just depends on, on the character. But um, like I said, all of them can be really, really fun. Some of them do require a lot of practice in order to master. 
but if you can get to the point where you're good with them, uh, it can be really entertaining. The part about this game that I think it really makes it successful is is that you can create these moments that are just, you know, these spectacular fun moments, which is another reason why it's so great to play with friends, because you can experience it together. Um, at the end of every match, um, you know, they're going to show, of course, who won, and they have this thing called the play of the game, where it will pick out some kind of play, whether you took out the whole team or rezzed your team or whatever it is you did, um, or whoever did it, uh, and they'll show a little clip of that play of the game. So everybody's goal, of course, is to make it to the play of the game. And then after that, they do a little section where they'll bring up like four or five different characters. They'll bring up a picture, and they'll show some kind of great achievement that they did, whether you had like 20 eliminations or you provided shields for like... 20 different people or, you know, whatever it is. There's all different kinds of stats. And that's the great thing is it's very much not – it's not heavily based on eliminations. It looks at everything you do. Like if you're a tank and you block like 10,000 damage in a match, it'll put you up there and be like, so-and-so block 10,000 damage. Like that's really helpful. And then your teammates and your opponents, everybody gets to vote. And you can put votes towards different characters, you know. just to, It's just a way of saying like, hey, you did a great job. There you go. Um, they don't necessarily have a huge effect on anything. Uh, if you can get ten votes, uh, then you become... Like, if you get seven, you get, like, this special, like, noise, and it's, it makes you legendary. And if you hit ten is, like, the highest, and you get an achievement for that. But I have yet to see anybody get ten, because you need pretty much all of your team and most of the enemy team. Or, <laughs> You know, the majority of the people who are playing that match have to think you're pretty awesome, which people tend to not vote for people on the other team because if they did really well, more than likely they pissed you off. <laughs> so, and I do have to say, like, there are characters in this game that are, I mean, the whole point of them is they are built to be frustrating. And if somebody's really good with them, they can be the most annoying person you have ever met in the entire world. Um, but still, the game is ridiculously fun. Um, and these, you know, like I said, it's all about a lot of it is the moments that it can create because you can throw out an ultimate and do some really cool move that can totally change, you know, how the match is going. Uh, and yeah, that seems like a real like equalizer, those because when I heard about oh, yeah. those, I figured that's the way to like, you know, no matter how good or bad <clears throat> you are, like, you know, this is at least a, a time when you can really make something happen, which has got to be exciting. Oh yeah, for people. So it's not like you know. Oh, I'm coming in. Oh, I I'm getting annihilated game after game. I hate this game. I'm done. Yeah, it's like the supers in Destiny. If you feel like the Destiny uh, competitive mode, you know, mm-hmm. it was, you know, somebody could jump in with a super and totally annihilate a whole team, no matter how good they are. Um, but another great thing about it is you do level up as you play. But really, all you get when you level up is you get a loot box, and you open up the loot box, and it has random things, stuff like skins, sprays. Uh, emotes, things like that. Um, all of it is cosmetic. Your character, no matter how high level you are, you have the exact same character as somebody else. There's no new weapons, no new abilities. Um, everybody's playing on an equal playing field. The only thing you really get out of playing more is you get more experience with characters, more experience with the maps, and, and so on like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a nice thing. Is it's, it's very even. It's, you, know, nobody, you can play against somebody who's prestiged three times, and you're going to be on the same level as them. They just are probably going to have a little bit more experience with the maps and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, there is the the quick play is kind of what I was describing. That's where you just jump into a match. There are other ways to play. There's training uh, where you can just practice moves and stuff like that. There is a thing where you can play against AI, which is another way to practice. Um, 
there is the weekly brawl, which is uh, every week they do a different kind of special settings. So sometimes it'll be you can only pick certain characters or certain classes or maybe, you know, your ultimates refill really fast. There's some kind of, you know, extra little thing to it that makes mm. it... Some of them can be really interesting. There was one where um, it was really good where um, you didn't get to pick your character um, and every time you died, you got assigned to a new character. So mm-hmm. it kept things really interesting. And then they just opened up recently the competitive mode. Um, so it's going to go in seasons, very similar to other stuff they've done before. So uh, the right now, the one the first season ends in like August. Um, and that starts off, you do 10 matches to kind of figure out your level. They place you, basically, and then that you know kind of figures out who else, who you're going to be playing against, like what level people. So that's kind of how they figure that out. So, um, did you play your placement matches? I did. Yes, I, I played through it. I I ended up at like forty five, which yeah. most of my friends did too. So when we played right together, it was nice because we didn't have to average out too much. Because um, that's if you play in a group and you go on there, it just averages out your score. So if you have a friend who's really low and you're really high, you can average out to play like middle players, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was still, it was really fun. Uh, there are, uh, they have been putting out lots of different patches for it because there was obviously some tweaks that needed to be made, some characters that needed to be nerfed a little bit, um, and some that needed a little bit of a boost. So they've been trying to keep up with that as, as best they can. They also already announced that they're uh, going to be introducing a new character here pretty soon, which is going to be pretty cool. Um, so already new content, there's new maps coming out, so all of that's uh, very exciting, but uh, it's a really great game, it's really fun I would highly suggest it, even if you're not really that into competitive first person shooters which I am not um, this has enough of kind of a different feel it's a lot more fun, you know, obviously the characters use tons of different types of weapons um, you know, one of my favorite guys carries around a big hammer, so you're not even shooting with that um, and it's just really interesting because every time you play it's it's a little bit different you know even though you're playing on the same maps you're playing against different characters who are using or, or different players I should say who are using different characters and different characters are stronger and weaker against other characters so you know depending on what the enemy team chooses could affect how your gameplay goes and then also you can switch in the match there's none of this where you're stuck on one character the whole match you can switch whenever you want um, just by running into the spawn or when you die so it's actually a really great strategy because if you find yourself getting killed by the other team, you know, your your team's just losing. If you switch your characters, you know, it throws off that team's strategy and then also might give you an edge depending on who they have and who you're picking. So um, it just makes for a very interesting – it's very high pa- – it's, it's very fast-paced. Matches usually only go about a few minutes. Like a really long match is like 10 minutes long. Um, and that's if it really goes for a while. Most of the time it doesn't go past five. So they're very quick and, and over pretty soon. So that's another reason why it doesn't really look that much into, or eliminations aren't really that important because the fact, like, the matches are so short, you usually don't get that many. But, so, that's yeah, cool. really, really great game. I would highly suggest anybody play yeah. it. Who's been your uh, main character that you've been spending most of your time with? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> um, you can actually go and look at who it is. Um, my two biggest ones that I like to play probably the most are Reinhardt, who's he's probably the most tankish of the tanks, I feel. Um, he's a big knight, and he, can, he has a big shield that he can bring up on his arm that can block damage. He has a big hammer. Um, he also has a cool charge ability where he 
rams somebody and then smacks them into a wall and it kills most characters uh, most of the <laughs> smaller life characters die instantly which is it's just a lot of fun too uh and then the other one is junk rat um he's kind of an explosive expert um so he's a lot of fun because he can do a lot of damage uh, and definitely in a in a pretty good sized space so especially if i'm playing on defense he's usually one i will usually try to pick so those nice. are probably my two main ones but there are a couple others i mean I every once in a while, as I try, as I start to master characters, I start picking some of the other ones, and I've even tried to master some of the more difficult ones. And I think I've gotten to where I, I can kind of hold my own with them, but I'm definitely not as good as some of the people I see running around with them. So, that's cool. You think we'll see this game in tournament and stuff? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I would be surprised if it wasn't already. I mean, there's already a lot of. You can. There's already some competitive gaming going on. You can go on YouTube and find these big time teams. These well known teams from like Halo and stuff are are playing on it. Um, I mean, it's just it's a lot of fun and it does create kind of like a. Um, it's great because no matter what you're playing, whether you're one of the big damage dealers or you're a tank or you're a healer, um, you get credit for what you're doing. You know, it 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 does a great job of doing that of making sure that even if you're the healer sitting in the back not actually killing anybody you can still be recognized for your, you know, what you did for the team. And also, you know, without that, you're probably going to lose. Because, like I said, if everybody doesn't play together, you're going to get creamed because this game is very, very team-based. That's cool. You know, this reminds me a lot when you talk about it of Overrun, you know, with the getting points for offensive and defensive stuff, and you can change your character part way to throw stuff off. Like, it definitely seems faster-paced and... and, and and uh, more characters and more complex, but I've, I've been thinking about that game a lot as you've been talking about this, and that was so much mm-hmm. fun. So that's pretty. That seems really cool. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, so looking forward to it, and um, it was kind of interesting because you know Battleborn came out around the same time as this game, and they were both pretty wah, wah. similar. And yeah, it just got decimated because Blizzard. I mean, they did it. They created a really, really great game, and. It was very outside their comfort zone, at least from what I would think. But apparently there there doesn't really seem to be much outside their comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they were able to, at least with some of it, they've said they were able to repurpose some of the work they had done on the the Titan MMO that they ended up canceling, that they had been oh, working on for kidding. like a decade. Um, oh. Rumor was that that game was looking very, very similar to Destiny after Destiny came out. So I think they took some of what they had going on there and they were able to kind of flip it into what they were working on here so that's cool so it seems maybe like maybe they you know, figured out what the division did not is that it's not yeah, a good idea to go. come out with but yeah. it's it is kind of shocking when you look at their history and track record that's like you know and and the fact that you know they're still releasing new patches for like Diablo 2 like it's cr- and people still play that game like like if I go if I could start up Diablo three right now on console and there's still a ton of people playing that game. There's still people playing Hearthstone, millions of people playing World of Warcraft. So it's it's oh my god, like they've just they have figured out what they do and they just know how to do it to such a ridiculous degree. It's super impressive. Yeah. So Yeah, I'm looking forward to as they come out with new stuff for this, you know, trying it out and yeah, because that stuff's free, right? Didn't they say, like, they're going to just give a bunch of free content moving forward? Yeah, I mean, the, the new character is free. Um, all the new maps are free. So I'm sure at some point in time they're going to start charging. Now, there is a currency that you get in the game um, that the only way you can... You only get it one of two ways. is You can either get it through drop boxes, 
Um, or I should say three ways. You can get it through drop boxes. Uh, if you get an item in a drop box that you already have, um, you get m currency for it. Or you can pay for the currency. Um, mm -hmm. So they do have some microtransactions. Um, the great thing is, is that all you can really buy are just, you know, it's all uh, like more cosmetic for looks. But yeah, it's cosmetic yeah. stuff. So like I said, skins and emotes and things. So none of it is really going to, nobody can buy their way to victory. You can buy your way to looking really cool, but that's really about <laughs> it. <laughs> so yeah. So um, on to a, a game that goes from uh, kind of just a fun, quirky shooter to the uh, just repeatedly getting kicked in the nards over and over mm -hmm, and over right. again for the third time. Uh, Chris is going to be talking to, about, to us about Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls Yay. 3. Dark Souls 3 is funny. So you guys remember, and I don't remember if I talked, I probably did talk about this on the podcast. You know, I had this very noble goal of trying to, like, basically not buy any games this year. <laughs> I was like, I've got so many games that and I still need to play. Yeah, I know. And there really wasn't, you know, that much on the horizon for this year. that Because I, I knew Mass Effect was going to get pushed, and it did. Mm -hmm. So we were right about that. So it's like, sweet, I'm good. And I, I knew I wanted to play Dark Souls eventually, but, you know, I felt no compulsion to do it right away when the game came out. But um, back in January, um, I think shortly after we recorded our last episode, I had to go on a business trip. And... Um, for about two weeks, and the hotel I was in had basically what was like a red box down in their lobby. And um, they said, you know, if you want to check out a movie, you know, you can, it's for free. Just take whatever you want, just bring it back. And I'm like, that's cool. And um, instead of a DVD player in the room, they had PS3s. And, um, and I didn't really see any movies I wanted, but as I scanned through, they had games too. And they had Dark Souls too. And I was like, I played Dark Souls a little bit. Like, I really like Bloodborne. I, sure, why not? I'll play Dark Souls 2 for free. And I was like, and it made me remember, I was like, yeah, this this game's pretty good. Like, I've got this at home. Like, I need to, I really should spend some time with this. So I think once I got back from that trip, um, and, you know, I'm hearing little bits about stuff, you know, pre-release stuff for Dark Souls 3 sounding good. And it's like, you know what, I, I need to go back to Dark Souls and I, I need to really give it a go because I, you know, I made it a certain way through. I think Jared even made it a little bit farther than I did um, in that game. And um, so I, I really like put my nose to the grindstone and said, I am going to do this game right and like really got into it like with as far as you know uh some like walk through video guides for certain areas to talk about optimal builds you know looking at lore videos um you know stuff like that like really trying to get into it and just absolutely like fell super deep down this crazy hole of this particular game like i had played demon souls really liked it beat you know beat that game um beat Bloodborne, that's still, like, one of the best games I've played in the last decade. Like, so amazing. But after having spent, I don't know how long, like, playing through the original Dark Souls, like, you know, getting to the end of that game, beating that final boss, like, on my own, not co-op, um, kind of putting that down and going, you know what, I, I, I will now declare this is my favorite game of all time. Like, this is now my number one video game forever. And, um, and, uh, and then immediately, like the morning, I, I think I beat the game at like one thirty in the morning. And then like that afternoon, like on my way home from work, I, I bought Dark Souls 3. <laughs> I was like, I, I have to keep this going. Like, I really want to play it. So um, Dark Souls 3, it, it very broadly, is 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 fantastic. I mean, that's just my, my, my general kind of, uh, you know, pitch for that. It's, it, it's a really, really polished game. So um, 
it has a lot in common with the other Souls games in that it's it's very deliberate. It's a gorgeous game. Um, I think this is their first game, other than Bloodborne, that they've made that's just meant for the current consoles. So, I mean, it, it pushes the hardware as far as audio and visuals. It's it's a really, really beautiful game. I mean, these this these new machines are, are really now coming into their own with stuff like Uncharted and, and like this and, you know, really, really amazing technical stuff that they're able to achieve. But, um... This game, I would say, I mean, I, there's not really, I, I can't really say much about the story because who knows what the stories are in those games. I mean, you can get into that, and it's it's interesting. But the 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 broad sense is there's been these fallen kings in the the, the history of this world, and it's your job to kind of resurrect them, to restore them to their their places on the their thrones of ashes or whatever their you know gobbledygook story is. Um, it's a fairly linear game compared to some of the other ones. Uh, the original Dark Souls is kind of this master class and in, like interwoven gameplay where every area is connected and you find these incredible shortcuts that'll take you back to a place you totally forgot was a part of the game, which you now need to it really, really, really tightly woven together. This this felt much more like a straight shot, like there was a, a path you pretty much would need to stick through with some ex- exceptions. Um, it's... I think one of the easier games um, of the series. And, you know, we've talked before about how these games are notoriously difficult, but, um, and I think Jared would would agree with me. I, I think the more time you spend with them, you find that's really not about it being difficult. It's about it being very deliberate in its design and very, very confident that it knows what it wants to do and it needs you to, you know, to give a certain amount of your own skills in order to keep up with it. So, I mean, it, it, it can be very hard if you decide to just run in and try to, you know, blindly make progress. But if you, you put some time into it, you figure out the systems, you get good, as they say. Um, it's, it's tremendously satisfying. So everything we've talked about before about, you know, getting to these bosses where you, you make it to the end with a sliver of health and you're, you're standing up off the couch because you're just, your heart's beating and you're, you know, it's all of that still intact. But I, I think that there's something about um, the improvements to the battle systems and um, the uh, sort of more consistent opportunities for co-op play um, that make this, this would be a, a, a fine jumping in point for anybody into any of these games. Um, Jared, I remember you said that for as much as we like Bloodborne, you did miss certain aspects of the Souls games in that you liked sort of the slower pace of being able to sort of, you know, not tank your way through things, but really kind of just, you know, make your way through cautiously, shield up, you know, exploring your options. Um, And this definitely, you know, has that. But, you know, I, I found that when I jumped into this game, despite having just played Dark Souls in its entirety, um... I got back into that that twitchy feeling of Bloodborne, of how you have to be incredibly aggressive to play through that game. And I found myself trying to play this game that way too. And more often than not, kind of being rewarded for it. Um, like it allows you to have that sort of, that it's, it's slightly faster paced. You can get away with being a little more aggressive, a little less defensive. Um, so that's really fun. Because if you want to lay back and be tanky, you can. If you want to get, you know, make a really light build and just have little nimble weapons so that you can kind of, you know, chip away at the ankles of all your enemies until they die of attrition. You can do that too. Um, 
but uh, it, so it it felt really flexible that way. Um, I spent a, a ton of the game playing through with other people, um, and this was getting really deep into looking for like you know LFG websites to help match you up. And this game, like Bloodborne, has a password system, so if you want to actually intentionally co-op with people you know, you can, which you couldn't do in some of the older games. It was like you could ask for help online and somebody will show up and there's no chat, there's no text, it's just you've got some gestures and you figure it out and you hope for the best. And you hope it's somebody who didn't come in to kill you, so you hope they will actually help you. Um, but uh, yeah, so this this felt like I was able to control the way that that worked, but I, I, just a fantastic game. I, I think I spent about 55 hours on it, which is the shortest amount of time I've ever spent with any of these games, but... Um, that might have just been because I just every time I would make a little bit of progress, like I would just I would get addicted to that and just want to keep going. Um, you know, a bunch of the bosses I sort of aced on the first try, which is tremendously satisfying. And then just like in the other games, there were tons of bosses where I you've got stuck on them for days and days and days until I could kind of figure out kind of how I wanted to work around it and how I wanted to make it work. But it's just, it's it's super fun. You know, they've said this is the last one of these games that the studio is going to be making, and they kind of keep repeatedly poking at them, and I, I think they're serious about that. I think the the director, this these games are all kind of the, the singular vision of their director, Miyazaki, um, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm done. Like, I, I want to go make, like, a sci-fi game. I want to do all this other stuff. So this is kind of a closing of a chapter of these, these five games that are a very very different than pretty much anything else that's out there. Um, I don't think a lot of games have tried to emulate what they do, um, at least to the level that these games have. Um, but uh, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Jared, I really can't wait for you to, to get to spend some time with it, because I think you'll really enjoy it. I think it really does bring together the best of, you know, the Bloodborne, its strengths and all the strengths of the Souls games. Um Super fun. I mean, I'm I'm kind of bummed that it's you know quote unquote over, but they'll be releasing some single player DLC um, somewhere probably towards the end of the year. So that's something to look forward to. And I'm already thinking about you know okay when I go back again, I'm going to try this different build and go go follow these NPC you know side quest lines that I didn't follow up on. And there's just so much to do. Um, and then the other thing that uh, that I think is worth mentioning with this game is this is the first one where I spent I've kind of a significant amount of time with the PvP aspect, where I think I finally kind of understood, you know, what it is that that kind of makes that aspect of the game you know very unique in that you know you can invade other people, you can be invaded by other people, but this particular title saw this rise in people kind of organizing these like fight clubs of inviting multiple players into a, like basically an arena, something that in the game was never meant to be used for that, but sort of a, you know, these big circular area. It's like, well, let's use this as a battle arena and just summoning people in from other places in the game. And, you know, these, these games having very specific kinds of etiquette, you know, that you're meant to basically wait in line until, you know, somebody kind of always acts as the king and they kind of gesture to who's going to fight each other. Um, <laughs> and you kind of w- wait your turn. Uh, you're not, you really are discouraged from using any healing items. So just go in there, do the best you can with what you have. Um, it's such a well-balanced game that even if somebody was massively overleveled, you know, you still definitely have a chance against them. So I felt like I won as much as I lost. Um, 
but th- that was just a super fun thing that I never had really spent a lot of time with. Like for my game before, I liked calling people in to help me, but every time you'd see that you were being invaded, that was like a nightmare, and you just want to run, 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 because the people who did that sort of thing did it because they were really good at killing you. <laughs> so it was nice to to kind of play with that a little bit, and and it it make it makes me it, it's weirdly sad in that like you know if somebody I think were to play this game five years from now or 10 years from now, there's so much of it that will be lost because that online component probably won't be there. Like this, the reason I first played the first one of these demon souls was because articles were coming out about how the, the multiplayer servers were going to be shut down in a month or three months or whatever it was. And that, that was essentially going to completely change the way the game works as far as being able to leave helpful messages for people or come into co-op like that was all going to go away. So I, I felt an urgency that I needed to try it out, and that's what kind of started all this. But, And then it just kept going from there. I mean, seeking out you know, 2D games that are inspired by this and playing those. You know, There was a book that came out right around the time I was playing Dark Souls called You Died um, that was just basically this, this great um, encapsulation of sort of the whole experience and the community that's built up around these. Um, a really, really fun lead. It was written by the two British authors who were the first people to review... Uh, Demon Souls and Dark Souls in English, so um, and lots of interviews with people in the YouTube community and people in the PvP community and you know in the games journalism industry and you know the director of the series. So lots of really cool like behind the scenes type stuff. Um, so it that happened to just come out right around the time that I was doing all this. So the timing of that couldn't have been much better. But yeah, man, I mean I, I've still got Dark Souls two that I haven't beaten. I mean that's that's sitting ahead of me at some point in the future. That's most people's least favorite in the series and it's one of the longest ones so i'll have to put some time into that eventually and um and you know i I think it's also telling that once i finished this game i immediately went back to the dlc for bloodborne realizing hey i never finished that so went (laughs) right back into that and i went oh my god i forgot how good this is so the only problem i really had is that um if you were to ask me about any specific part of any of these games, I probably couldn't tell you what game it came from because I went right <laughs> from playing one into three into Bloodborne again. And it's it's really confusing to keep all that stuff straight, but just absolutely fantastic. I mean, at some point I would love to see like a really nice Criterion collection of all of these games kind of packaged in one place. So, um, So, you know, future generations can have the joy of being abused over and over and over again. <laughs> so um, definitely worthwhile. I mean, if you have any interest in any of these games at all, um, it's it's super worth it. Like, absolutely fantastic. So we'll continue to heap praises on these things for time and time again. And really, really excited to see what this studio ends up deciding to do next. So who knows? Like, they haven't really said anything. Um, I'm assuming Bloodborne 2 is going to come down the pipe at some point. Yeah. Um, which will be great. And I I hope that comes out. Um, you know, Sony basically paid for that game, so it's going to be an exclusive forever. But if the sequel could be on more systems so more people could play it, like that's awesome. That would be great. Well, that's great, man. I'm I'm really excited about that game. I have been. I think, you know, the hype was a lot like what you said, which was basically they said, you know, people love the Souls games and people love Bloodborne and we're going to try and make a baby out of those games and that's what we're going to make Dark Souls 3 into. We're basically, you know, whatever version of those games you like, it can kind of be that, you know, however you like to play the game. Because there were options in the Souls games to play quick, but you had to be really good. You know, you had to be really good because a lot of enemies could, like, one-hit you, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. So I saw people do speed builds and stuff. And I remember thinking how, like, impossible that would be for someone at my skill level. Um, and then, you know, kind of being forced into it in Bloodborne, I got probably some skill in it that I could I could move forward into the future games, assume, since they, especially with them being built for it. So um, I'm really excited about that. I did hear about those fight clubs you were talking about. I think one of the funniest things I heard about the fight clubs is that since there was no... Um, headsets they can't really explain the rules of the fight yeah, club yeah, yeah. but if you got it wrong that whole group would descend upon you and kill you yeah like yeah. it was basically you learned through failure so like if you use like you said you're not supposed to use your healing so if you use a healing potion everyone would just kill you you know and like and they try and do things to show you like they'd empty their they'd empty their ass as fast the coolest like thing i saw some videos in front of, of you the king would basically run up to you and be like, no, 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 and then just drain out all of his health. And right. then you'd be like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. So you don't have the ability to... So yeah, just stuff like that, like so cool. That, like never a function that that game was intended to serve. But... Yeah, so these, it's, 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 I feel like it's happening more and more with these kind of metagames showing up inside of games because the people who love them make it happen, you know? But what a cool example of that. So yeah, I'm really excited to get that off your hands at some point here and and just uh, you know, go through that that oh so good masochism that I probably never would have gotten into honestly if it wasn't for you, Chris. I had no interest in the Souls games. I I couldn't understand why anyone would do that to themselves. <laughs> you know, I was like, what this? No one seems like they're having fun. And uh, but but I get it because that you know that elation that that feeling of success it's so good so very much looking forward to it myself as well it's very cool and and to build on top of this um one recommendation for anybody who has any interest in any of those games um there's a podcast that people need to check out um it's called bonfire side chats and hmm. it's uh it's two guys who um who just basically have this series this podcast series that's just essentially a kind of a walking tour of all of these games. I mean, and started, I don't know when they started recording it, but it goes through, I think Dark Souls was where it started. But then they, so it's basically every episode is a discussion of one area from one game. And then the following episode is an appendix episode where they discuss audience feedback and and, um, and emails that they've sent in about their experiences with that same level or things that they had trouble with or things that they thought were really cool about it. But really, really in-depth discussions. And um, so as I was playing through um, Dark Souls, I was able to go back to when they had recorded that and kind of listen to those uh, those episodes at the same time. It's not really that it helped me in any way, but I just thought it was really interesting because they really flesh out the story. And um, and if Jared, if you want to break your brain, like go back and listen to the Bloodborne episodes because there is a lot going on there that I had no clue. I know you oh. looked into some of the lore stuff, and I yeah. did as well. But like some of the stuff that they came through, especially in the way that the DLC kind of wraps it all up and explains some things the game didn't. It's like did we even play the same game? Like it's, it's really, really mind blowing. The thing that can be frustrating um, now is that their, their current season of the the podcast is about uh, dark souls three. So, you know, I beat this game months ago and they're only now like discussing like the fourth area of it. So it's like, it's like waiting for the next episode is killing me because I've already played through this game, but really, really cool stuff. And then between games, they kind of, they do discussions of other games or movies or books or whatever that are kind of influenced by these things or that these games have been influenced by. So if I really, really decide to get desperate at some point, I downloaded um, this game called Shadow Tower 
for the PlayStation 1. So I've got it on my Vita. It's like a PS1 classic. That is, I think it's one of the first games that From Software made, the studio that makes all the Souls games. And it's really weird. It's a first-person dungeon crawler, basically, um, mm-hmm. and is incredibly primitive, super difficult, and makes no sense at all. But you can see little things that would show up in those later games. So I tried playing it for about an hour and a half, and it's almost unplayable. But um, who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll miss that difficulty and decide to go back to it. But yeah, definitely uh, everybody should check out that podcast. It's really funny, really entertaining, and, and super super impressive that somebody put this much thought into uh, analysis on this level for these very special games. All and right. Mike's super excited too, right? Oh, super yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to jump right on that <laughs> really. uh, he's just checking his release calendar again for XCOM 2 he's like when does that come out come on. Uh, actually I know when it comes out it's in September so. September okay. <laughs> the game that does sound painful to me to me too mm-hmm. hey we all have our thing we all so, have our uh, punishment speaking of a, a game yeah. that sounds painful uh, <laughs> uh, we couldn't help but, but discuss this game and I haven't gotten to touch it I don't know if you guys have but oh, even yeah. Even if we hadn't, I feel like we would have to talk about it because, quite frankly, it's everywhere. Um, you can't really even take two steps or look on any kind of social media or watch the news without hearing about this. And that, of course, as you guys probably figure out, is Pokemon Go. Yeah, we we had to address the Gyarados in the room. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Nerd. You couldn't, you couldn't help it. I could not. I was just sitting there waiting. <laughs> So, for those of you who are probably just emerging from a cave or, or some type of bunker and Coma. have never heard of this game, uh, it's basically a mobile game. So it's an app that you download for typically phones. It's it's best for phones because it's obviously it's not only is it a mobile game in that the device you carry it on, but it is actually you have to be very mobile. Um, it's kind of it, it basically it takes your GPS and it it will ping you if you get close to where a Pokemon is. It's kind of like Pokemon virtual reality in a way mm-hmm. um, and you actually have to go and catch the Pokemon and then once you catch them of course you can do all the usual Pokemon stuff you know breed them grow them and then you can take them to gyms that are also marked on your on the GPS where you can then battle them so um, obviously this has created very interesting stories because on <laughs> the positive side it's a very active app in that you have to be moving around to go of course find the Pokemon uh, to incubate the eggs and hatch them, you have to be walking around. It counts your steps and your movements. Um, so a lot of people have actually put out there that a lot of people and kids and adults, whoever, although it's mostly adults because that's mostly people who are playing it, are getting a lot more exercise than they normally would because of, of this app. The negative is because, for a couple of things, is people driving or walking or going anywhere without paying attention to what they're doing because they're too busy looking at their phone which is already a problem before this game was even out, but uh, it seems a little more so now. Um, and then on top of that, you also have a lot of places where people are going to try to catch Pokemon that they aren't supposed to be, whether it be trespassing or just simply dangerous. Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, we'll, we'll just go ahead and we'll start taking thoughts. So, um, Chris, why don't you start off with your kind of general things that you've Learn just your thoughts on Pokemon Go in general. I guess. <laughs> Reflections on Pokemon Go. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I've played quite a bit of this game. Um, 
uh, I downloaded it at some point. I think um, I, I remember hearing about it a long time ago. It sounded like an interesting concept, but something I had no interest in. So because of it, it's, I was trying to think about this the other day. I, I think Pokemon first became a thing in the U.S. around like 1995, 1996, something like that, with the original Game Boy stuff that came out here, and then um, with some of the card game stuff. And I was just old enough like a senior in high school that I was kind of too old for any of that stuff to kind of, it just kind of flew right under my radar. Like I didn't really know what it was or, and then it wasn't until years later that I kind of found out like, Oh, okay. This actually is like a relatively competent RPG series. And like, I was old enough that when the first Pokemon movie came out in theaters, like my roommates and I went and saw it like by sneaking in a bunch of beers and a pizza. Like, I mean, it was like, so we could watch it with a bunch of six year olds. It was, it was weird. Um, but so I don't have any kind of like nostalgic connection to the series really. I mean, I have an understanding of it, just cultural sort of osmosis. Like, yeah, I know what a Pikachu is. Um, but, um, once, you know, after a day or two of it being out saying like, wow, this thing is actually like people are okay. A lot of people, okay. A lot of people are playing this thing. Um, I check it out. And the first thing I will say off the top of the, right off the bat, it's a bad game. This is not a good game. It is a, it's so the company that made this game is called, uh, Nialis, Nicalis, something like that. Um, in conjunction with uh, the Pokemon company. So it's not really even directly Nintendo, even though Nintendo holds a large share in the Pokemon company. Um, but this app is, this game, this app is basically based on an, a game they had put together called Ingress, which was based on the same thing. It uses Google Maps and your GPS functionality on your phone to put a fantasy overlay over the real world. Um, from what I understand, that game was actually pretty cool and had a lot of different things you could do with it. Um, there's almost nothing that you do in Pokemon Go. Like, just like Mike said, you, you walk around with your phone. Um, hopefully you don't drive around with your phone. The app has to be open and on your screen for it to do anything. There's no passive standby mode for it. Um, so it, it eats batteries like you wouldn't believe. Um, well, and it rips through data, too. Oh, yeah. That's the other part that I, you know, I hadn't heard anybody talking about that for a while. But that's another thing to think about. Um, you know, I, somewhere in about the first week, I realized, okay, every time I see somebody looking at a phone with a cord coming out of the bottom of it, going into their pocket, that's somebody playing Pokemon because they have it plugged into an external battery. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is true. Like, I mean, that thing, I, I, I can go from 85% to 12 in like less than an hour. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, not that I've ever played for that long at once sitting, but, um, you walk around, your phone vibrates. It means there's an animal around there. You tap on it. You look around. Oh, there it is. You do a single flicking motion um, from the bottom of your screen to the top. Either you miss or you don't. There's no skill involved. Um, whether you miss or not is basically a dice roll of the game thinking about basically it deciding how many times you need to, how many balls you need to waste on this animal. Because if you run out of balls, of course, you can add more from through a microtransaction. Um so there's very little skill involved. I mean, once you get up past level four or five, then you can start going into the gyms, either battling other people or um, if it's a team that you're on, helping to sort of train your Pokemon there and strengthen the gym itself. So that stuff is cool. Like, there's there's a part of this that is, like, undeniably cool. Like, I like that when I was first explaining this to my wife and, and showing her, like, okay, here it is on my phone. Here's how it works. Um, to, well, okay, well, what's this thing right here? Well, that means other people are playing. Are you sure? And then walking by and saying, oh, 
wow, look at that. Yeah, crap, those six groups of people are all staring at their phone too. And I'm like, yeah, they're doing the same thing. I went into PetSmart the other day, and no kidding, every single person in the store was playing the game. Now, granted, this is only five or six people, but as 100% of the customers of the store were playing this game while they were <laughs> shopping. So I, th- I just think that part of it's fascinating, where they talk about you know 21 million unique users a day using this app, that it's by far the most popular app ever in the history of apps or whatever you want to call it um that you know nintendo who it's not even their game but nintendo's share price has doubled since the time that this came out which is it's that thing about you know every time you want to kick that company for being down because they're they're not doing what everybody else is then they just inevitably do something they make this weird left turn and it makes them you know quadrillionaires a million times over (laughs) that's the whole history of that company um but the the app itself is janky as I'll get out. It crashes constantly. Um, it freezes constantly. It's a bad game. That being said, it can be a fun game because it is kind of cool to, you know, to get out and walk around and look at the map and see this overlay and say, oh, there's a lake over there. Oh, it's because there's actually a lake. And if I go close to the lake, uh, I'll get some water Pokemon. Or if I go out at night, I can get some of the nocturnal ones. But like Mike said, then you have people running around graveyards at three in the morning looking. It's just weird. It's just weird. So from like a social experiment aspect, this is one of the coolest things I've seen in a really long time. As a game, it's just not good. <laughs> like, it's just bad. So um, the other day, I was, like, going to take out my garbage or something, and I had it open on my phone. Some unique Pokemon I had never gotten showed up in my front yard. I went, cool, that's neat. And I tried to catch him. I had no Pokeballs left. And I went, huh. And I shut down the app, and I uninstalled it. So <laughs> I deleted it <laughs> off my phone. I'm done. I'm done with it. Nice. But, um, Yeah fun to be in it while everybody else is (laughs) that that's kind of my take on it i mean who knows maybe they leverage this if they could turn it into the the actual games where there's a you know a battling component and i think pvp is something that is coming um maybe that's cool maybe i'll check it out again and it you know cost of entry is nothing it's free so that's awesome um but I, I, I will say there's just something undeniably cool about seeing a video where, you know, 3,000 people show up to a park in Australia or, you know, 1,500 people shut down these roads in Central Park in New York because they because somebody found a Charizard or something. I mean, it's just it's <laughs> really, really ridiculous. So so there I is no actual PvP yet with it? Nope. None. I assume that the gyms were where you were playing other people. So if if you go around and the gyms are either going to be red or yellow or blue, and that means somebody representing one of those three teams has claimed the gym. Um, a gym that's gray means that nobody's been there yet. So if you go to an unclaimed gym, I think you have to fight some Pokemon, and that's just a matter of, I think you swipe left or right to dodge, and then you swipe up or down to, to fight. I, it's really, really basic. Um, so if you claim it, then great, you you run the gym, and then other people can come and basically try to beat your Pokemon. There's no active aspect to it. It's all passive. And if they beat your Pokemon, you just get them back. So, I mean, you really don't lose anything. Um, but, I mean, you, you do... You build up these kind of currencies in the game of Stardust and Candy, and you evolve your Pokemon, and there's some um, egg hatching. I don't know if there's any breeding. I don't think there is. Um, so, I think they're saying a lot of this stuff is coming eventually. But, yeah, no, at this point, there's no there's no PvP to it. So, it's... 
Like I said, it's barely a game in a lot of aspects. It's barely a game, but it is a it's a thing. It's a phenomenon. <laughs> but but yeah, not not a lot of game to that game. No, and I've I've seen lots of other companies and stuff trying to capitalize on it as well. I've seen uh, different theme parks and things that are holding big events, you know, revolving around Pokemon Go. I know uh, McDonald's is trying to sign a deal with the game developers to where they'll create, like, every McDonald's will have some type of thing to draw people there. Yeah, know, I think Pokemon they're all going to become gyms and stuff like that. Yeah. That'll completely undo the exercise they've been getting. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. It's like all that exercise you get and go have Big Mac and just totally ruin it. Um, so, yeah, obviously a lot of people are trying to, you know, cash in on this big craze. Um, but, I mean, obviously there have been lots of issues. You know, there's been tons of, you know, pile-ups on freeways. There's been tons of people arrested for trespassing. Uh, I, there's been, what, like two dead bodies Two found, dead which, bodies have been found. Yep. Yeah, Ugh. that was interesting. I guess that's um, a positive? I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, they didn't kill the person. I mean, they were found. And yeah. They, yeah. It was not a well, player who died. but Allegedly, they didn't kill the person. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, one of the most <laughs> interesting things was, I guess, uh, you know, in the game, you can get these kind of, like, bolas or whatever where you can put out a, a ping to, like, draw people there to, like, say, like, oh, there's a Pokemon here or blah, 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 whatever. That's a lure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lure, yeah. Um, so you get like one and then you could pay for more. Well, I've heard that people have been using the lures to draw people into these really secluded areas and then mug them. Yep. So there's, there's that whole aspect to it as well. Um, so while it seems to be this big kind of interesting phenomenon and it has some stuff to it that makes me curious as to how this could be used for future gaming and stuff like that. Uh, overall, I feel like there's a lot of just negative stuff surrounding this as well, and that I don't know. It just well, and it's you know that, that it, I just look at it. Part of it is from like a productivity aspect too, because I mean, you know, I'm somebody who's in charge of other people at work, and you know, like I everybody I know has had it on their phones, and because we have a chat thing going on so if somebody finds something cool we'll we'll tell each other about it or take a picture of something funny that we saw but i also like have this picture on my phone of something i found on the internet where it's just a sign from somebody's business that says we are paying you to work not chase fictional video game characters with your cell phone all day save it for your break time or lunch otherwise you'll have plenty of time unemployed to quote catch them all (laughs) yeah no i was like at some point i'm gonna keep this as my like uh you know, my, my uh, contingency plan, a la Batman, if I ever have to pull this thing out and post it at work. <laughs> yeah, no, we have one of those posted at my work. You are not allowed to be to be talk- to be be playing Pokemon Go at work. Somebody actually was doing it and got caught and got chewed out religiously. There was a oh, rumor yeah. going around that there was firings going on, but that was just, no. People are just getting stern talking to us. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, is this is just this huge craze, and it's it's creating a lot of buzz uh both positive and negative so uh, i think the big thing that i pull from this it'll be interesting to see how this affects the gaming world overall like are there going to be other games coming out like this are other games going to try to mimic this in certain ways uh you know are is everybody going to hopefully learn from the mistakes of this game company and make games that are maybe limit where you can go or make it a little bit safer. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, a lot of times also you, you do kind of have to leave it up to people need to use their common sense. You know, it's, uh, there's only so much you can do. So uh, I, it's an interesting phenomenon, to be sure. I mean, yeah, it, one, of, one of my favorite parts that came from this the other day was, you know, we were um, 
you know, I work with a lot of birds and there was one of them flying around where he shouldn't have been the other day. And one of my coworkers was out, you know, spotting out a place where we thought he might've gone. And somebody you know, basically asked her what she was doing there. And she said, Oh, I'm a trainer. And he said, Oh, well, what Pokemon are you looking for? <laughs> She's like, no, I'm not a Pokemon trainer. I'm <laughs> never mind. It just kind of walked away. So it's just <laughs> the fact that like, you know, this is, this is the thing, you know, you hear these stories about, you know, an ambulance drives by a big group of people. They get on their bullhorn and go, you know, go team yellow, catch them all. It's like, it's ridiculous. You like cops pulling people over to ask what they're doing at three in the morning. Then they explain it to them and the cops like, oh, show me how to download this thing. Like, <laughs> it's just so that part of it. And I, I will say, I mean, I, I, I agree with Mike. I'm curious to see what comes of this because, you know, the, if you're a, a company that makes money off of games, this is a game that's making unlimited amounts of money. So you can't pass that up. But um, this this is kind of for me interesting because we're we're coming up on this era now. Oh, I guess we're in it now of this VR stuff, which is something mm-hmm. we'll eventually talk probably a lot more about on this show. Mm-hmm. But um, it's something that I have almost no interest in, and I think it's because I already feel like the time I spend with video games, at least in some way, already isolates me from other things in my life, even if I'm playing with other people. Um, something that completely shuts me out of the real world to put me into the game. It's something I'm not really looking for at this point. So something like this that actually gets people interacting with each other and gets people out and, you know, not even like physically active. That that part's cool, I guess. But just becoming a part of something that's social, I think is really fascinating. And I, I would like to see what kind of stuff people do with this. And there's an aspect to this like alternate reality, augmented reality AR stuff that I'm much more interested in than VR stuff. But they're both things that I think are going to be pushed really big for at least the next couple of years. So it'll be really interesting to see what comes of it. Yeah. That'd be cool. I, I want to make one parallel that maybe um, I think will make sense when I, I say it, but probably won't be a parallel a lot of people have made. But this this game in many ways reminds me of Destiny. Stay with me now. Hmm. So... The reasons I say that are, uh, first off, there is a ridiculous number of currencies for no reason. <laughs> um, secondly, the n- none of this game is explained. Nope. It just gives you the game. And that has created this huge conversation among the players because they're having to figure out how the game works. I remember doing that with you guys with Destiny. Mm-hmm. It was really, really fun. And um, it's a game that everyone seems to hate and play incessantly. Right, right, right. You know, like I hear everyone talk about, they're like, yeah, this it's just terrible. Yeah, there's nothing to do. Like, oh, are you playing it? Oh, yeah, I'm playing it. Um, and it's great, and it's awful. And <laughs> <laughs> and it just reminds me so much. And then there's the, the, you know, there's some updates coming, though, where, you know, if this game can, can become the game it's supposed to be, then it's going to be a thing, which is the same, you know, these are the same conversations we had about Destiny, I feel like. So, obviously, gameplay-wise, and the way it was, for a lot of reasons, it's very different, but it's just the conversations that surround this game, it's just so funny how much it reminds me of that, like, I don't remember, a year and a half ago or whatever that was, that that became that thing where it was like, what's happening? And like, I don't know, but you just have to do it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if you like it, you need to do it because it's a phenomenon. And uh, and it's funny. And, and, you know, the number of people playing this game is astronomical. 
it's astronomical, um, which is which is pretty incredible. So I'm I'm with you too. I think the augmented reality stuff is going to be a lot more intriguing for me than the virtual reality stuff. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, mo- moving forward, those are going to be so so important, and there definitely are are aspects of that in this. So and it'll um, be fun to see kind of what the. I mean, I can't see that in even a month. You know, like the drop off in people who care about this has got to be just absolutely like catastrophic. I just think it has to be like, because I can't see that the game is going to change significantly in that kind of time. And, you know, people have a billion things to distract them with all the time. And this has the draw of something that kind of has an appeal across generations. You know, Pokemon's been a thing for 20, 30 years at this point, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it can't see that it's going to hold anybody. And I think the reason, I think, Jerry, I think you hit it on the head. The reason I felt finally comfortable, like, uninstalling this thing and not playing it anymore was one of the most fun things was figuring all this stuff out. Like, and that's what I like about the Souls games, too, where there's so much that doesn't make sense. That once that stuff is kind of, the curtain is peeled back, then you're kind of like, oh, well, then what, you know, at least in those games, I'm left with extremely exquisite gameplay. With this, I'm like, no, I'm like touching my phone. Like it's like there's so yeah right, yeah. There is no end game to no, this not, game. No, not at this point anyway. So we'll see. Who knows? I I wish them the best. Maybe this will become the coolest thing ever. But right now, eh, uh, I, I I figure there's going to be a drop off after a month just because everybody's yep. going to get their cell phone bills in the mail that have these <laughs> oh, huge God. you know overcharges <laughs> from them using all their data up and going far beyond it, and they're gonna be like, I can't afford to play this game. So uh, I think people still will just get bored with on top of that too. Yeah. There's just not no. that much to do. Yeah. So we're gonna find out that this game was actually created by T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T, Sprint. <laughs> That's a lot of people have said that. Like they they need to get into some deal with this game developer because it's gonna make them tons and tons of money oh yeah passive income Uh, yeah i mean it'll definitely be interesting to see you know how the what the future holds for this game itself and then of course for the gaming world because of it so um definitely uh curious i guess i should say to see what comes of it but yeah not not really that interested myself i'll just (laughs) let uh everybody else I, i have tons of i know of course tons of people who play it so i have experienced it secondhand and that was more than enough for me <laughs> we'll have to do it we'll just we'll just we'll do a pokemon check in all future episodes and see where the, see where it's at at that point <laughs> so at the next one we'll be like so it's gone yeah yeah probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i give it i give it three months all right well and and so with that um we'll we'll go ahead and start to wrap up but you know if you have any thoughts on uh, pokemon go or the future of gaming or, or anything at all you know please feel free to contact us we have several different ways to do it um, you know, we have been away for a little while, but we're going to try to get back on track with this. So we would love to uh, discuss any kind of things that you guys are interested in or just, you know, receive your comments, anything like that. We even appreciate feedback. It's always nice. Um, but um, as for that, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. So my name is Mike. I'm Jared. And I'm Chris. <laughs> and we <laughs> are the Use Gamers, and we'll see you guys next time. Later. Good night, everybody. Catch them all. So we'll do catch up. Then we'll do reviews. Who wants to go first? It don't matter. You're you're hosting. You get. You are all choice. powerful. That's right. Don't don't get cocky with it.